0: Hey, thanks for listening to Where Butterflies Come From. It's a show where we read random stories and react to them in real time. Hope you like listening as much as we like making it. Enjoy. The Blue Light A soldier has served a king his master many years, till at last he was turned off without pay or reward. How he should get his living, he did not know. So he set out and journeyed homeward all the way in a very downcast mood, until in the evening he came to the edge of a deep wood. The road leading that way he pushed forward, but he had not gone far before he saw a light glimmering through the trees, towards which he bent his weary step, and soon came to a hut where no one lived but an old witch. The old fellow begged for a night's lodging and something to eat and drink, but she would listen to nothing. However he was not easily got rid of, and at last she said, I think I will take pity on you this once, but if I do, you must dig over all my garden for me in the morning. The soldier agreed very willingly to anything she asked, and he became her guest. The next day, she kept his word and dug the garden very neatly. The job lasted all day, and in the evening, when his mistress would have sent him away, he said, I am so tired of my work that I must, I think I see where this is going. (laughs) That I must beg you to let me stay over the night. The old lady vowed at first she would not do any such thing, but after a great deal of talk he carried his point, agreeing to chop up a whole cartload of wood for her the next day. This task too was duly ended, but not till towards night, and then he found himself so tired that he begged a third night's rest, and this too was given, but only on his pledging his word that he Next day would fetch the witch the blue light that burned at the bottom of the well. When morning came, she led him to the well's mouth, tied him to a long rope, and let him down. At the bottom, sure enough, he found the blue light as the witch had said, and at once made the signal for her to draw him up again. But when she had pulled him up so near to the top that she could reach to him with her hands, she said, give me the light, I will take care of it, meaning to play him a trick by taking it for herself and letting him fall again to the bottom of the well. But the soldier saw through her wicked thoughts and said, No, I shall not give you the light till I find myself safe and sound out of the well. At this she became very angry and dashed him, with the light she had longed for, for many a year, down to the bottom. And there lay the poor soldier for a while in despair, on the damp mud mud below, and feared that his end was nigh. But his pipe happened to be in his pocket, still half full, and he thought to himself, I might as well, I may as well make an end of smoking you out. It is the last pleasure I shall have in this world. So he lit it at the blue light and began to smoke. Up rose a cloud of smoke, and on a sudden little black dwarf was seen making his way through the midst midst of it. What do you want with me, soldier? Said he. I have no business with you, answered he. Uh... But the dwarf said, I am bound to serve you in everything as lord and master of the blue light. I (laughs) him. Three
1: wishes.
0: (laughs) Then, first of all, be so good as to help me out of this well. No sooner said than done, the dwarf took him by the hand and drew him up, and the blue light, of course, with him. Now do me another piece of kindness, said the soldier. Pray, let that old lady take my place in the well. When the dwarf had done this, and lodged the witch safely at the bottom, they began to ransack her treasures. And the soldier made bold to carry off as much of her gold and silver as he well could. Then the dwarf said, If you should chance at any time to want me, you have nothing to do but to light your pipe at the blue light, and I will soon be with you. The soldier was not a little pleased at his good luck and went into the best inn in the first town he came to, and ordered some fine clothes to be made at a handsome room to be got ready for him. When all was ready, he called his little man to him, and said, The king sent me away penniless, and left me to hunger and wait. I have a mind to show him that it is my turn to be master now. So bring me his daughter here this evening, that, sh- that she may wait upon me, and do what I bid her. That is rather a dangerous task, said the dwarf. But away he went, took the princess out of her bed, fast asleep, as she was, and brought her to the soldier. Very early in the morning, he carried her back. So this is after the sex. No. <laughs> this is not? No. This is not after they did it?
1: No. There was nothing going on. Everything done is written. You okay. Know?
0: Very early in the morning, he <laughs> carried her back.
1: You don't add any plots.
0: Okay. All right. Maybe I'm just misunderstanding this. And as soon as she saw her father, she said, I had a strange dream last night. I thought I was carried away through the air to a soldier's house. And there I waited upon him as his servant. Then the king wondered greatly at such a story, uh, but told her to make a hole in her pocket and fill it with peas. So that if it were actually, as she said, um, and the hole was not a dream... The peas might fall out in the streets.
1: So, I don't know, like, how do you light the blue light? I thought it's something you found, so it would never go out.
0: Right. It's
1: like a lighter of...
0: She, he still has the blue light. So,
1: it's on all the time? I guess so. But when does the door show up? Like, how does...
0: When he lights the blue light. Uh-huh. So, I think that that's one of the things you're just going to have to assume. <clears throat> yep, and the whole was not a dream. The peas might fall out in the streets as she passed through and leave a clue to tell her tell whither she had been taken. She did so, but the dwarf had heard the king's plot, and when evening came, as the soldiers said he must bring him the princess again, he strew peas o- over several of the streets so that The few that fell from her pocket were not known from the others. Wow, that's real. How does he know that?
1: He can do anything. That's a setting.
0: I see. The dwarf can just. The dwarf is. And he knows everything. Knows everything. He
1: can be in the kingdom, right? Yeah. He can. Wouldn't it
0: be funny if the dwarf was just walking down the street and just overheard (laughs) the king? Like, the king was just like, put some peas in (laughs) the pocket. And the dwarf was like, huh. I bet (laughs) the guy would like to know about this.
1: That's also the setting, then, that he's extremely
0: lucky. Yeah. It can can be the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The princess again. He strew peas all over several of the streets so that the few that fell from her pocket were not known from the others. And the people amused themselves all the next day, picking up peas and wondering where so many came from. When the princess told her father what had happened to her the second time, he said, Take one of your shoes with you and hide it in the room you are taken to. The dwarf had heard this also. And when the soldier told him to bring the king's daughter again, he said, I cannot save you this time. It will be an unlucky thing for you if you are found out, as I think you will. But the soldier would have his own way. Then you must take care and make the best of your way out of the city gate very early in the morning, said the dwarf. The princess kept one shoe on her as her father bid her and hid it in the soldier's room. And when she got back to her father, he ordered it to be sought for all over town. And at last it was found where she had hid it. The soldier had run away, it is true, but he had been too slow and was soon caught and thrown into a strong prison and loaded with chains. What was worse, in the hurry of his flight, he had left behind him his great treasure, the blue light, and all his gold, and nothing left in his pocket but one poor ducat. As he was standing very sorrowful at the prison grating, he saw one of his comrades and called out to him and said, If you will bring me a little bundle I left in the inn, I will give you a ducat. His comrade thought this very good pay for such a job, so he went away, and soon came back bringing the blue light and the gold. Then the prisoner soon lit his pipe, up rose the smoke, and with it came his old friend the little dwarf. Do not fear, master, said he. Keep up your heart at your trial and leave everything to take his course. Only mind to take the blue light with you. The trial soon came on. The matter was sifted to the bottom. The prisoner found guilty, and his doom passed. He was soon ordered to be hung forthwith on the gallows tree. But as he was let out, he said he had one favor to beg of the king. What is it? said his majesty. That you will deign to let me smoke one pipe on the road. Two if you like, said the king. Then his lit his pipe at the blue light, and the black dwarf was before him in a moment. Be so good as to kill, slay, or put to flight all these people, said the soldier. And as for the king, you may cut him into three pieces. Then the dwarf began to lay about him, and soon got rid of the crowd around. But the king begged hard for mercy, and to save his life, agreed to let the soldier have the princess for his wife, and to leave the kingdom to him when he died. What? The end. What? That's the end of that story. What do you think?
1: I don't
0: think anything. It can- it kind of ended pretty abruptly, huh?
1: Yeah, it's so weird. What? so Princess is King's daughter, right? You basically just use her.
0: To stay alive? And I- what was this?
1: And- I don't know. Be so
0: good as to kill, slay. Kill is the same as slay. Be so good as to kill, slay, or put to flight all these people, said the soldier. And as for the king, you may cut him into three pieces.
1: Right. He's a bad person. And I'll he didn't... He, mm-hmm. Why he won a princess? He just...
0: Because it's a princess. She's a princess.
1: He just get, get her in the house and just slave her.
0: It's every man's dream.
1: <laughs> and then she just go back, Saw that's a dream. And the, the king doesn't want to protect her from being taken away, just ask her to find out Yeah, no, you the, all, You know, all <laughs> of the
0: daughters are just political sort of bargaining chips. It's
1: not political, he cannot get anything from this.
0: He can stay alive.
1: Not till the end.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep,
1: it's yep. just wrong from the beginning.
0: Yeah, no, this is, that was what I would uh, call like a bad story. <laughs>
1: No, you must learn something from it. <laughs> um.
0: <clears throat> okay. What did what did you learn from that?
1: You need to be strategic.
0: Correct? Yeah. You gotta be smart.
1: So that you can stay at a witch's place. And I mean uh,
0: he he was like, Hey, I just need yeah. just like not leaving i thought what would happen is like it's like oh fuck (laughs) i worked the whole day again can i stay here and she's like okay
1: yeah and
0: then they fall in love or something wouldn't that be nice
1: (laughs) no (laughs) you know what i mean
0: it's uh, they did this for 10 years and one day the witch was like hey are you are is this a thing
1: (laughs) no if that's true then i think it's the witch initiate this so the witch just give the work portion just exactly like a load of for one day one whole day that's really cute maybe the
0: witch is just kind of lonely yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and that can be a drama or something wouldn't that be wouldn't that be interesting
1: that would be the same thing every day but well, still, you have
0: to think of different things to do and it's like over the course of like a 50 episode anime. You know what I mean? There's like fillers and stuff. They they spent Christmas together. You know. What I mean? There's the Christmas episode, there's the Halloween episode.
1: I don't want to watch. That. You don't want to watch that one? Okay. I want to see the blue light coming. So then he's he's just himself. He didn't change at all.
0: No, no.
1: Hmm. And he somehow
0: likes the princess. Should we uh, rewind more? Really? I there's
1: like... nothing more on this?
0: No, that's it. Well, I mean...
1: It's nobody gets a good ending, right?
0: Well, the king didn't get chopped up into three pieces. I just think of Valkyrie profile now. Uh-huh. Isn't it great? Now that, like, <laughs> this, the first 45 minutes is just a bullshit-ass story, uh-huh. but as soon as you get into the dungeon, It's Uh so good.
1: But you're just fighting. What's the purpose for that?
0: (sighs) It looks sick.
1: Okay. (laughs) But, okay. You don't feel it's like no skill required.
0: Yeah, it just looks really cool. Okay. I guess that's what all of these JRPGs are huh. Yeah, it's like really scripted and it's like not, not a lot of execution required and there's a lot of turn-based stuff
1: So it's more like reading a story instead of it's playing a It's
0: game. a really re- like reading a really long drawn-out story But because the interactive elements are so like um, dopamine-inducing That uh-huh. it makes you forget about the fact that the story isn't very good
1: So if you turn the blue light into interactive
0: Oh yeah, if you made this into a game
1: yeah. That yeah. Be-
0: if I can actually be the dwarf that, like, in one of the alternate endings, chops the king into three pieces.
1: You want to be the dwarf. I want to be the the soldier. Uh huh. The dwarf only can be summoned when the type. Pirate-
0: yeah, but the dwarf can do anything. The dwarf can not hear anything. But
1: it's not what he wants. It's what the soldier wants. <laughs> to kidnap the...
0: The person. dwarf seems like he's just down for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The dwarf seems like a cool guy. It's like, hey man, what do you want to do? Yeah, all right. That seems like a bad idea, but like, sure. I can do it. Yeah. All right, you picked one, and that sucked. So I'm going to pick a different one. Uh... Uh-huh. This is so far, this is the best content for the <laughs> podcast. I don't think wow. the story comes close.
1: Then, yeah, you pick any one. Wow.
0: Jenny? One. Wow. Wow. All right.
1: You pick another one.
0: There's one called the nose. Okay. The nose.
1: The eyes. No. Eyes,
0: nose, lips. <laughs> <clears throat> this one's called The Nose. Did you ever hear the story of the three poor soldiers who after, ha- who after having fought hard in the wars, set out on the road home begging their way as they went? This sounds like the other story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they all start like this. Maybe.
1: It's that style. Just pattern.
0: A bunch of soldiers down on their luck. Need yeah. a witch. <laughs> And the witch loves him. Just gives them enough menial tasks to last through the next day for them to be together. (laughs) Night. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. They had journeyed on a long way, sick at heart with their bad luck, and thus being turned loose on the world in the old days, when one evening they reached a deep gloomy wood through which they must pass. Night came fast upon them, and they found that they must, however unwillingly, sleep in the woods. And then a witch came.
1: (laughs) No. Oh, I do. So,
0: So to make all as safe as they could, it was agreed that two should lie down and sleep while a third sat up and watched, lest wild beasts should break in and tear them to pieces. When he was tired, he was to wake one of the others and sleep in his turn. And so on with the third, so as to share the work fairly among them. Among them, the two who were first dressed soon lay down and fell fast asleep, and the other made himself a good fire under the trees and sat down by the side to keep watch. He had not sat long before, all of a sudden, up came a little man in a red jacket,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like a dwarf.
1: Oh, <laughs> which?
0: Who's there? Said he. A friend. Said the soldier. What sort of friend? An old broken soldier, said the other, with his two comrades who have nothing left to live on. Come, sit down and warm yourself. Well, my worthy fellow, said the little man, I will do what I can for you. Take this and show it to your comrades in the morning. So he took out an old cloak and gave it to the soldier, telling him whatever he put over his shoulders, anything that he wished for would be fulfilled. Then the little man made him a bow and walked away. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of lot of wishing going on. Yeah, a lot of like just things like you could it's whatever whatever you want.
1: I guess that's what people just
0: want. Uh The second soldier's turn to watch soon came, and the first laid himself down to sleep. But the second man had not sat by himself long before up came the little man in the red jacket again. The soldier treated him in a friendly way, as his comrade had done, and the little man gave him a purse which she told him was always full of gold, let him draw as much as he would. Then the third soldier's turn to watch came, and he also had the little man for his guest, who gave him a wonderful horn that drew crowds around it whenever it was played, and made everyone forget his business to come and dance to its beautiful music. I like that one. In the morning, each told his story and showed his treasure. And as they all liked each other very much and were all old friends, They agreed to travel together to see the world, and for a while only to make use of the wonderful purse. And thus they spent their time very joyously, until at last they began to be tired of this roving life and thought they should like to have a home of their own. So the first soldier put his cloak on and wished for a fine castle. In a moment it stood before their eyes, fine gardens and green lawns spread out, and flocks of sheep and goats, and herds of oxen were grazing about, And out of the gate came a fine coach with three dapple gray horses to meet them and bring them home. All this was very well for a time, but it would not do to stay at home always. So they got together all their rich clothes and horses and servants and ordered their coach with three horses. And set out on a journey to see a neighboring king. Now, this king had an only daughter. And as he took the three soldiers for king's sons, he gave them a kind welcome. One day, as the second soldier was walking with the princess, he saw, she saw him with the wonderful purse in his hand, and having asked what it was, he was foolish enough to tell her, though indeed it did not much signify, for she was a witch and knew all of the wonderful things that the three soldiers brought. Now this princess was very cunning and artful. The princess is a witch? How does the princess become a witch?
1: What does the witch mean? Witch is a job?
0: No. Witch is a witch.
1: So you're born as a witch? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So she sat to work and made a purse so like the soldiers that no one would know one from the other, and then asked him to come and see her, and made him drink some wine that she had got ready for him. So he fell fast asleep. Then she felt his pocket, took away the wonderful purse, and left the one she had made in its place. The next morning, the soldiers set out home, and soon after they reached their castle, happened to want some money. They went to their purse for it and found something indeed in it. But to their great sorrow when they had emptied it, none came in the place of what they took. Then the cheat was soon found out, for the second soldier knew where he had been and how he had told a story to the princess and guessed that she had betrayed them. Alas, cried he, poor wretches that we are, what shall we do? Oh," said the first soldier. "Let no great hairs grow for this mishap. I will soon get the purse back." So his, he threw his cloak across his shoulders and wished himself in the princess's chamber. Yeah, you could just do whatever you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the the Harry Potter one.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't even have to go anywhere.
1: He just wish. You
0: could just wish to be him, there. Yeah. There he found her sitting alone, telling her gold that fell around her in a shower from the purse. But the soldier stood looking at her too long. For the moment she saw him, she started up and cried out with all her force, Thieves! Thieves! So that the whole court came running and tried to seize him. The poor soldier now began to be dreadfully frightened in his turn and thought it was high time to make the best of his way off. So without thinking of the ready way of traveling that the cloak gave him, he ran to the window, opened it, and jumped out. And unluckily, in his haste, his cloak caught and was left hanging to the great joy of the princess, who knew its worth. The poor soldier made the best of his way home to his comrades on foot and in a very downcast mood, but the third soldier told him to keep up his heart and took his horn and blew a merry tune. At the first blast, a countless troop of foot and horse came rushing to their aid, and they set out to make war against their enemy. Then the king's palace was besieged, and he was told that he must give up the purse and cloak, or that not one stone should be left upon another. And the king went into his daughter's chamber and talked with her. But she said, Let me try first if I cannot beat them some other way. So she thought of a cunning scheme to over- overreach them, just... Put the cloak on, which for whatever the hell you want.
1: <laughs> and she had the purse.
0: I mean, the, you don't even need the money.
1: Yeah.
0: So she thought of a cunning scheme to overreach them and dressed herself out as a poor girl with a basket on her arm and set out by night with her maid and went into the enemy's camp as if she wanted to sell trinkets. In the beginning, she began to ramble about singing ballads so beautifully that all the tents were left empty and the soldiers ran around in crowds and thought of nothing but hearing her sing. Among the rest came the soldier to whom the horn belonged, and as soon as she saw him, she winked to her maid, who slipped slyly through the crowd and went into his tent where it hung and stole it away. This done, they both got safely back to the palace. The besieging army went away, and and the three wonderful gifts were all left in the hands of the princess, and the three soldiers were as penniless and forlorn as when the little man with the red jacket found them in the wood. I mean, just find them, <laughs> find them again.
1: <laughs>
0: Poor fellows. They began to think what was now to be done. Comrades. At last said the second soldier, who had had the purse. We had better part. We cannot live together. Let each seek his bread as well as he can. So he turned to the right and the other two to the left for they said they would rather travel together. Then on he strayed till he came to a wood. Now, this was the same wood where they had met with so much luck before. And he soon walked a long time till evening began to fall when he sat down tired beneath the tree and soon fell asleep. Morning dawned and he was greatly delighted at opening his eyes to see that the tree was laden with the most beautiful apples. He was hungry enough so he soon plugged and ate first one, then a second, then a third apple. A strange feeling came over his nose when he put the apple to his mouth. Something was in the way, so he felt it. It was his nose that grew and grew until it hung down to his breast. It did not stop there. Still it grew and grew. Heavens, thought he, when will it have done growing? And well might he ask, for by this time it reached the ground as he sat on the grass. And thus, it kept creeping on until he could not bear its weight or raise himself up and seemed as if it would never end, for already it stretched its enormous enormous length all through the wood. Meanwhile, his comrades were journeying on, till on a sudden one of them stumbled against something. What can that be? said the other. They looked and could think of nothing that it was like but a nose. We will follow it and find its owner, however, said they. So they traced it up until at last they found their poor comrade lying stretched along under the apple tree what was to be done they tried to carry him but in vain they caught an ass that was passing by and raised him upon its back but it was soon tired of carrying such a load so they sat down in despair when up came the little man in the red jacket why how now friend said he laughing well I must find a cure for you, I see. So he told him to gather a pear from a tree that grew close by, and the nose would come right again. No time was lost, and the nose was soon brought to its proper size, to the poor soldier's joy. I will do something more for you yet, said the little man. Take some of those pears and apples with you. Whoever eats one of the apples will have his nose grow like yours just now, but if you give him a pear, it will come right again. Go to the princess and get her to eat one of your apples. Her nose will grow 20 times as long as yours did. Then look sharp and you will get what you want of her. Then they thanked their old friend very heartily for all his kindness. And it was agreed that the poor soldier who had already tried the power of the apple should undertake the task. So he dressed himself up as a gardener's boy and went to the king's palace and said he had apples to sell such as were never seen there before. Everyone that saw them was delighted and wanted to taste, but he said they were only for the princess, and she soon sent her maid to buy his stock. They were so ripe and rosy that she soon began eating, and had already eaten three when she too began to wonder what ailed her nose, for it grew and grew down to the ground, out at the window, and over the garden, nobody knows where. Then the king made known to all his kingdom that whoever would heal her of this dreadful disease should be richly rewarded. Many tried, but the princess got no relief. And now the old soldier dressed himself up very sprucely as a doctor who said he could cure her. So he chopped up some of the apple and to punish her a little more, gave her a dose, saying that he would call tomorrow and to see her again. The morrow came and of course, instead of being better, the nose had been growing fast and fast all night. And the poor princess was in a dreadful fright. So the doctor chopped up a very little of the pear and gave her, and said he was sure that would do good, and he would call again the next day. The next day came, and the nose was, to be sure, a little smaller, but yet it was bigger than it was when the doctor first began to meddle with it. He thought to himself, I must frighten this cunning princess a little more before I shall get what I want of her. So he gave her another dose of the apple, and said he would call on the morrow. The morrow came, and the nose was ten times as bad as before. My good lady, said the doctor. Something, something works against my medicine, and it's too strong for it, but I know by the force of my art what it is. You have stolen goods about you, I am sure, and if you do not give them back, I can do nothing for you. But the princess denied very stoutly that she had anything of the kind. Very well, said the doctor. You may do as you please, but I am sure I am right, and you will die if you do not own it. Then he went to the king and told him how the matter stood. Daughter, said he, send back the cloak, the purse, and the horn that you have stolen to the right owners. Then she ordered her maid to fetch all three and gave them to the doctor and begged him to give them back to the soldiers. And the moment he had them safe, he gave her a whole pair to eat and the nose came all right. And as for the doctor, he put on the cloak, wished the king and all his court a good day and was soon with his two brothers, who lived from that time happily at home in their palace, except when they took errands in their coach with the three dappled grey horses.
1: Uh-huh. The end. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: I, I like the Irish one. More.
1: <laughs> really? No good people.
0: <laughs> Everyone sucks.
1: Yeah. And I don't know the old friend, why, why, based on what he decided. The old friends,
0: like, the the little dwarf is always the best guy. Yeah. In all of these stories.
1: They don't want anything, they just want to help you, like, sincerely. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. Right. Uh.
0: Yeah, and and the soldiers, like, they fucked up really hard. It's like, how do you get three, right? And Uh like, all three. Uh You know what I mean? I guess the princess, who is also a witch, is really cunning. <laughs> but then, why is the princess a witch? Mm-hmm. I think they're just playing around with different tropes. Like, in this one, the, the witch, you know, gets the princess. In this one, the witch is the princess. <laughs> and this, the, the, the princess is a witch.
1: Everything. Try out. See yeah. how you gonna go. Because first, I thought it's like, this story is about... The, If you don't deserve what you have, it's better you don't have it. Uh Easy come, easy go. Yeah. Uh, But no, but they get a revenge actually.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Easy come, easy come back. (laughs)
1: Yes. Easier come back.
0: But it wasn't easy come because they were old soldiers and they were poor and stuff and they were down on their luck. And then I think uh, maybe if I were get, making it charitable is that the state and political structures and power is always out to screw people out of their gifts. And it takes um, cunning and resoluteness to be able to con your shit back from the government.
1: What? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Aww.
0: Like you know, you know, you had to you have to stand what... stand up to power.
1: Okay. Who
0: is the princess? Who is also a witch?
1: But she did that for no reason. Also, either.
0: also, like, yeah, women, mm, no, no,
1: can't trust not them. You know. Th- this this
0: prin- No, I'm not saying the story is saying the this princess <laughs> is also a, a witch, and the king was like, hey, come on, you're not being reasonable, <laughs> you know
1: yeah but this time the king is helpful. try to save his daughter at least i guess yeah yeah but yeah no the the the
0: king the king the, this king was better than the other king the other king sucked
1: but this princess is very weird she doesn't she's a witch she just do things for no reason just want to steal stuff
0: well she i mean it's it's pretty good reason, you know, like, it's pretty good gifts as far as gifts are concerned.
1: Mm-hmm. Who would you like to be?
0: Who do I want to be in the story? Um, None of them.
1: You think it's possible, so this is- I want to be the
0: little dwarf guy that grants wishes, <laughs> again. <laughs> I always want to be that guy.
1: Yeah, it's not allowed. Um, Oh, maybe it's the same dwarf. You're doing like a part-time job. <laughs> One is when, when the blue light is on. I'm moonlighting. <laughs> Another is when you see. Use you like a uh, destiny to help old soldiers.
0: That'd be great. Uh, I would like for that to be my destiny.
1: And they can have harmful wishes, but you still need to fulfill them. Mm-hmm. With no judgment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a series of story.
0: Yeah. So far, I'm not very impressed. It's the same story. Mm-hmm. The Irish ones were. were, were like, <laughs> at least that's like crazy. You know? <laughs> that shit's insane.
1: <laughs> this is normal and like okay.
0: And just boring. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all the tropes. It's all the tropes. And like, the powers aren't even fucking interesting. Like, the...
1: The three wishes that they can... No. (laughs) Nobody can take a penny. Yeah, 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 yeah. that one, that one.
0: The purse where like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the... If you pick up this hammer, you can't stop swinging it. And he conned the devil. You know what I mean? That's way better. This is fucking cookie-cutter nonsense, and it's just boring. That guy fucking conned the devil.
1: And, yeah, it's not about the purpose where you start. It's about somehow you end up better. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It's always... That's what I really like about it, is you, yeah. don't, know, you don't know what's going to happen, and it's yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. For this, it's like, yeah, you know what's going to happen, and it's, yeah.
1: But it's tragedy over tragedy. Mm-hmm. Bad people over bad people
0: Right Bad people over bad
1: people yep. It's about
0: I am not going to reading, be reading this to my children
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, The Irish ones though That's that's, <laughs> that's where it's at I
1: don't think they can understand it
0: I'll, I'll make sure <laughs> I'm like alright kid this is what I think Alright
1: mm-hmm. If you don't think the same thing You're thinking it wrong
0: Uh huh like, the, this is what I think the, um, you know, the schism between the Catholicism and Protestantism means. Right? In the context of this story. Daddy, I don't understand! No, no, okay, okay, okay. So, Catholicism is the denomination of Christianity. <laughs> Roman Catholics, pay attention!
1: <laughs> but how come this is the more, like, a uh, popular one? So, people just, easy to remember this? or like,
0: I'm pretty sure that this is, like, British. Like English.
1: But it's like, um, uh, so, like, Disney do lots of these things.
0: Yeah, and Walt Disney, like, took, pe- thing- the- these stories are just more popular.
1: Like, why? It must be some reason that people, like,
0: just... It's like, well, culturally speaking, U.S. has the bigger megaphone right now, so anything that they make is de facto going to be more cultural, right? And, like, the more esoteric, like, how long did it take for K-pop to get popular?
1: K-pop doesn't
0: have, like... I mean, now it's all mainstream or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I think... Like, the, the Irish folklores are edgier. Yeah, and the, the themes there are, like, in it are really political.
1: It's more religious.
0: More religious and, yeah. like... Well, religion and politics is, like, the same. Because it's... Back then, it dictated how people lived their lives, Right.
1: Yeah, but for here, it's like king and princess, just like a name, or like a role. It doesn't mean any
0: power. Yeah, no, these, those are just like pieces. Yeah. All right, one more. Um, king of the Golden Mountain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A certain merchant had two children, a son and a daughter, both very young and scarcely able to run alone. He had two richly laden ships, then making a voyage upon the seas in which he had embarked all his property in the hopes of making great gains, when the news came that they were lost. Thus, from being a rich man, he became very poor, so that nothing was left him but one small plot of land. And to relieve his mind a little of his trouble, he often went out to walk there. One day, as he was roving along, a little rough-looking dwarf (laughs) (laughs) I'll grant you three wishes.
1: <laughs> the dwarf is here's so a, everywhere.
0: Here's a golden mountain <laughs> of which you can be king.
1: <laughs> this guy is everywhere.
0: You, you think it's one dwarf?
1: Or... I think so. Because okay. the power is the same.
0: All right. One day as he was <laughs> roaming along, a little rough looking dwarf stood before him and asked him why he was so sorrowful and what it was that he took so deeply to heart. But the merchant replied, If you could do me any good, I would tell you. Who knows, but I may, said the little man. Tell me what is the matter, and perhaps I can be of some service. Uh Then the merchant told him how all his wealth was gone to the bottom of the sea, and how he had nothing left except that little plot of land. Oh, trouble not yourself about that, said the dwarf. Only promise to bring me here twelve years hence. Whatever meets you first on your return home, I will give you as much gold as you please. Yeah, it's the same dwarf. Mm -hmm. The merchant thought this was no great request, that it would most likely be his dog or something of that sort, but forgot his little child. So he agreed to the bargain and signed and sealed the engagement to do what was required. But as he drew near home, his little boy was so pleased to see him that he crept behind him and laid fast hold of his legs. Then the father started with fear and saw what it was that he had bound himself to do. But as no gold was come, he consoled himself by thinking that it was only a joke that the dwarf was playing him. About a month afterwards, he went upstairs to an old lumber room to look for some old iron that he may sell it and raise a little money, that there he saw a large pile of gold lying on the floor. At the sight of this, he was very greatly delighted and went into trade again and became a greater merchant than before. Meanwhile, his son grew up, and as the age of 12 years drew near, the merchant became very anxious and thoughtful, so that care and sorrow were written upon his face. The son one day asked what was the matter, but his father refused to tell for some time. At last, however, he said that he had, without knowing it, sold him to a little ugly-looking door for for a great quantity of gold, and that the 12 years were coming round when he must perform his agreement. Then the son said, Father, give yourself very little trouble about that. Depend upon it. I shall be too much for the little man. Wow. Why? His son is just paying me out. (laughs) When the time came, they went out together to the appointed place, and the son drew a circle on the ground and set himself and his father in the middle. What is this, Journey to the West? (laughs) The little dwarf soon came, And said to the merchant, Have you brought me what you promised? The old man was silent, but his son answered, What do you want here? The dwarf said, I come to talk with your father, not with you. You have deceived and betrayed my father, said the son. Give him up his bond. No, replied the other, I will not yield up my rights. Upon this a long dispute arose, and at last it was agreed that the son should be put into an open boat that lay on the side of a piece of water hard by, and that the father should push him off of his own hand so that he should be turned adrift. Then he took leave of his father and set himself in the boat. And as it was pushed off, it heaved and fell on the side into the water. So the merchant thought that his son was lost and went home very sorrowful. But the boat went safely on and did not sink. And the young man sat securely within till at length they ran ashore upon an unknown land. As he jumped upon the shore, he saw before him a beautiful castle, but empty and desolate within, for it was enchanted. At last, however, he found a white snake in one of the chambers. Well wow, a lot's happening. <laughs> now the white snake was an enchanted princess. <laughs> All right. uh-huh, of course. Now the white snake was an enchanted princess, and she rejoiced greatly to see him. Art thou at last come to be my deliverer? Twelve long years have I waited for thee, for thou alone canst save me. This night twelve men will come, their faces will be black, and they will be hung around with chains. They will ask what thou dost here, but be silent, give no answer, and let them do what they will, beat and torment thee. Suffer all, only speak not a word, and at twelve o'clock they must depart. The second night twelve others will come, and the third night (laughs) twenty-four.
1: What's going on Like, 20
0: work will beat the shit out of you.
1: But you cannot make a sound. and they but, no, gonna... but
0: you can suffer it, but you can't say anything.
1: But you, they're just going to de- depart at a certain time, like Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay, you just
0: oh, deal with it. Fuck. Oh, fuck, my
1: back. And
0: it's like, dong, dong, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, all right, all right, uh, right got to go. <laughs>
1: Next time, next time, tomorrow.
0: (laughs) And the third night twenty four who will even cut off thy head, but at the twelfth hour of that night their power is gone, and I shall be free. And I will come and bring thee the water of life, and will wash thee with it, and restore thee to life and health.
1: I I just wondering if just Jenny told you like um a bewitched princess uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not a, actually a cat so you what you need to do is you can only eat fish for one year <laughs> and I'll become a princess oh, Well, you know what I would
0: say to that I'd be like wow all kinds of fish that's
1: that's,
0: that's like a that's like a gift that's not a punishment that's what I say
1: say it right i like the
0: attitude (laughs) okay um and all came to pass as she had said the merchant's son spoke not a word and the third night the princess appeared and fell on his neck and kissed him joy and gladness burst forth throughout the castle the wedding was celebrated and he was the king of the golden mountain Oh. W- when did the golden mountain happen?
1: <laughs> Is that where he met the princess?
0: I thought they were in a castle. I guess okay, let's assume that there's a golden mountain. Right in the golden mountain. <laughs> they lived together very happily, and the queen had a son. 8 years had passed over their heads when the king thought of his father, and his heart was moved, and he longed to see him once more. But the queen opposed his going and said, I know well what misfortunes will come. However, he gave her no rest until she consented. At his departure, she presented him with a wishing ring and said, take this ring and put it on your finger. Whatever you wish, it will bring you. Only promise that you will not make use of it to bring me hence to your father's. Then he promised what she asked and put the ring on his finger and wished himself near the town where his father lived. He found himself at the gates in a moment But the guards would not let him enter because he was so strangely clad. So he went up to a neighboring mountain where a shepherd dwelt and borrowed his old frock and thus passed unobserved into the town. When he came to his father's house, he said he was his son, but the merchant would not believe him and said he had but one son who he knew was long since dead. And as he was only dressed like a poor shepherd, he would not even offer him anything to eat. The king, however, persisted that he was his son and said, is there no mark by which you would know if I'm really your son? Yes, observed his mother. Our son has a mark like a raspberry under the right arm. Then he showed them the mark and they were satisfied that what he said was true. He next told them how he was the king of the golden mountain and was married to a princess and had a son seven years old. But the merchant said that can never be true. He must be a fine king, truly, who travels about in a shepherd's frock. At this, the son was very angry and, forgetting his promise, turned his ring and wished for his queen and son. In an instant, they stood before him, but the queen wept and said he had broken his word and misfortune would follow. He did all he could to soothe her, and she at last appeared to be appeased. But she was not so in reality and only meditated how she should take her revenge. One day, he took her to walk with him out of the town, and showed her the spot where the boat was turned adrift upon the white waters. Then he sat himself down and said, I am very much tired. Sit by me. I will rest my head in your lap and sleep a while. As soon as he had fallen asleep, however, she drew the ring from his finger and crept softly away, and wished herself and her son at home in their kingdom. When the king awoke, he found himself alone and saw that the ring was gone from his finger. I can never return to my father's house, said he. They would say, I am a sorcerer. I will journey forth to the world until I come again to my kingdom. So saying, he set out and traveled until he came to a mountain where three giants were sharing their inheritance. And as they saw him pass, they cried out and said, little men have sharp wits. He shall divide the inheritance between us. Now it consisted of a sword that cut off an enemy's head whenever the wearer gave the words, heads off a cloak that made the owner invisible or gave him any form he pleased, and a pair of boots that transported the person who put them on wherever he wished. The king said they must first let him try these wonderful things, that he might know how to set a value upon them. Then they gave him the cloak, and he wished himself a fly, and in a moment he was a fly. The cloak is very well, said he. Now give me the sword. No, said they, not unless you promise not to say heads off. For if you do, we are all dead men. You gotta swear. You gotta swear you did do it. So they gave it to him on condition that he tried its virtue only on a tree. He next asked for the boots also, and the moment he had all three in his possession... Oh, he didn't give them back. He just kept them. And the moment he had all three in his possession, he wished himself at the Golden Mountain. And there he was in an instant. So the giants were left behind with no inheritance to... to, to to divide or quarrel about these giants that you found out about literally like 30 seconds ago.
1: (laughs) But they talk a lot, so... I guess. (laughs) Yeah, they had a conversation. Lots going on.
0: As he came near to the castle, he heard the sound of merry music, and the people around told him that his queen was about to celebrate her marriage with another prince. Wow. Then he threw his cloak around him and passed through the castle and killed everyone. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) And passed through the castle and placed himself by the side of his queen where no one saw him. And he killed her.
1: No.
0: (laughs) But when anything was to eat was put upon her plate, he took it away and ate it himself. And when a glass of wine was handed to her, he took it and drank it. And thus, though they kept on serving her with meat and drink, her plate was continued, always empty. Upon this, fear and remorse came over her, and she went into her chamber and wept, and he followed her there. Alas, said she to herself, did not my deliverer come? Why then doth enchantment still surround me? Thou traitress, said he, thy deliverer indeed came, and now is near thee. Has he deserved this of thee? And he went out and dismissed the company, and said the wedding was at an end. For that he was returned to his kingdom, but the princess and nobles and counselors mocked at him. However, he would enter into no parley with them, but only demanded whether they would depart in peace or not. Then they turned and tried to seize him, but he drew his sword, and with a word, the traitors' heads fell before him, and he was once more the king of the golden mountain. The End What's
1: the end? So, he, he, he...
0: Killed everybody. Who's the good guy here?
1: No one. But at, at first, uh, again, I thought this story is about keep your promise. Mm-hmm. It's like, as long as you keep your promise, it's not going to end bad. Because the dad thing, with the deal with the, the dwarf. I see. But then... He didn't keep promise with his wife. So tragedy, misfortune gonna
0: happen. Right, To her.
1: To her, yeah! So weird! Why is to her? To whoever believes it,
0: maybe. She's she's like, hey, can you not do this thing? (laughs) Otherwise bad things will happen. And he's like, all right, got you. Right? And he goes and he's like, oh, fuck, I did the thing. And the wife is like, what did I fucking say? (laughs) What the, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm leaving, and he's like, "Oh, I'll show you."
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't end right.
0: Mm-hmm. Where did the three giants come from?
1: Yeah, what what's the purpose for? They this were
0: guarding movie? the golden mountain, but this was that was never established. There was a dwarf. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dwarf is the same dwarf. I think the the dwarf learned from the first two stories that he needs something back too.
0: Like chronologically speaking, <laughs> you think this happened after the first two stories, and it just so happens <laughs> that we read them in that order?
1: <laughs> yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And he's,
0: he, there's the, this is character development for the dwarf.
1: dwarf yes. <laughs> and the dwarf now learned that it's better. I asked for a prize so that people can wish, like, responsible. Yeah. So now he wishes gold. In exchange is his son, but his son is lucky mm-hmm. by himself.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that's the story. Mm-hmm. Still, he doesn't. The dwarf doesn't mean to hurt anyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I'm really I'm rooting for this dwarf. I, I'm telling you I've always Rooted for the He Yeah Maybe at the end Of the Quote unquote End Of uh This The will learn that You can't just give people What they want You have to be really wise With the way that You're granting wishes Right Definitely. And it's like It's It's fucking All this shit about like Oh be careful What you wish for uh-huh. Yeah but like <laughs> What if the person Granting me the wishes Can be a little more Responsible He can grant me Anything
1: this is not about being God like you don't know what's good or bad like you give what he wants, maybe that's the trigger for misfortune
0: yeah I feel like that's a failure of language because you can't you a wish is in the affirmative right but you can't possibly think of all the caveats uh-huh. that can happen if you had the thing and I feel like it's a the, the thing that you're wishing for is like a state of mind
1: Right. The, and the, the, the thing doesn't... that
0: you should wish for is equanimity and, and peace. Also, hold on. I have a, I have a, I have another note on this. A certain merchant had two children, <laughs> a son and a daughter. Uh-huh. What happened to the daughter? <laughs>
1: the daughter is is the princess that grows a big nose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah ho- hopefully it's not the princess, the son marries because they're siblings, and that's gross. Uh,
1: no that that prince was a snake. It's very by Hmm. It
0: just
1: it's like a, you need to believe what she said. It's also like a deal, like what I offer, like if Jenny just told you she's a princess, you need to believe her. Okay and you need to do like being beaten every night. Oh yeah And then you can become the king
0: This is the best part of the story (laughs) Um, Twelve long years that I waited for thee For thou thou alone can save me This night twelve men will come Their faces will be black And they will be hung around with chains They will ask thou what thou dost here But be silent, give no answer And let them do what they will Beat and torment thee Suffer all, only speak not a word And at 12 o'clock, they must depart. The second night, 12 others will come. And the third night, 24, who will even cut (laughs) off thy head. But at the 12th hour of that night, their power is gone. And I shall be free and will come and bring thee the water of life. Which is another story.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So this is really like a series.
0: Yeah, you gotta, uh, wow, I I wanna learn more about that. Look, so far these stories are so (laughs) underwhelming. Honestly, compared to those Irish ones. Uh Uh-huh. Man.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's because we read too much this pattern. Because it's more familiar.
0: (laughs) What would be the pattern?
1: <laughs> so the for
0: I- the iris ones, besides the utter batshit insanity and like purgatory,
1: so it does-
0: they're talking about where butterflies come from. Man, this is Gigi Muge shit.
1: Right. This is like
0: so- non dualism. It's like that's where butterflies come from.
1: So you this, know? this is like because uh, the Disney done this, and it's m- more like well told. Like everyone.
0: No, I think this is just, yeah, Mm. it's very easy to, like, conceptualize. The themes are very easy.
1: So we are kind of brainwashed to this pattern already, so it's not a surprise anymore.
0: Yeah, but it's not good because um, Hank Green, he wrote The Fallen Our Stars. Wait, no, well, he was quoting this. He didn't say this, but he he quoted someone else, which uh, was, like, uh, Truth Resists Simplicity.
1: Really, but I feel in the science world, sim simplicity means truth. Mm-hmm. Usually, a like simple formula is the better formula.
0: Yeah, but yeah, the the simplest one is the unified theory, and they never found it because truth resists simplicity. Like, sure, E equals M C squared is useful.
1: Mm.
0: I'm speaking out of my ass here, by the way. But the fact that you know. It, there's, there keeps on being more mystery the universe is a bigger and bigger mystery the more you look at it the bigger you make your telescopes and the bigger you make your microscopes the more shit there is to look at is that I mean in the Buddhist sense right it's, yeah, it's, it's forever going to be a mystery and you're going to get more useful stuff by inventing things and exploring outwards and stuff like that and there's nothing wrong with that But there's not going to be like a simple end to this mystery. It's just going to lead into more mystery.
1: It's just the theory, like, it's a circle that... The bigger the circle, the the edge is what you know. So it's more and more and
0: more. It's more and more. And and conversely, like, um, you know, what's the fundamental particle, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's... The fundamental particle is not a fundamental particle. All it is, is the limits of your cutting instrument. If you can find a way to break it up, then whatever you break that up into is the fundamental particle. And then you figure out how to break that up. Right? There is no, like, there is no happy, simple answer at the bottom of it. It just complexifies the more you look.
1: Then it's not the right question to ask.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yes. That is a good assessment.
1: But I still don't understand why this kind of story can live longer, like be more inferential.
0: It, it it's not, yeah, I don't know. It's don't know. the
1: market selection.
0: I don't mean to be negative on this, but like, yeah, this is not very good. Like any random stories I I written, I mean, I'm just repeating myself at this point. But yeah, there there are there are good folk tales, um, but. See look it's a, everyone's got a fucking dwarf in it.
1: <laughs> it it's a story about a dwarf. Okay. It has to be a king, a princess
0: and a dwarf. A, dwarf. a soldier?
1: A soldier, yeah.
0: Yeah. There is that's that's our that's our dude.
1: But I feel especially the
0: the
1: the the princess it's a lot like like one. Uh-huh. You, when you are giving like very clear instruction people just love to like if i do 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 this i'm guaranteed that i will have something something something
0: mm-hmm. yeah right and they do the they, they don't they just clearly defy
1: yeah they just don't ask they just do that They're yeah just lazy. like the it very doesn't...
0: thing that you're not supposed to do you're going to do this exact thing so yeah. the princess might as well have not set that rule uh, yeah cause then
1: and he doesn't even say like do I want the princess he never met the princess he just met a snake but still he just decided I, I'm gonna and the next
0: sentence is they got married like it's yeah yeah
1: yeah like so destiny
0: the brothers Grimm the Grimm brothers Let's find out more about the Grimm brothers
1: they're very famous
0: oh the this is German Right, right, right. Disney pulled out a lot of German fairy tales. Cinderella, the frog prince, Hansel and Gretel, the little red running hood, Rapunzel, Rumpelstiltskin, Sleeping Booty, Snow White.
1: Yeah, impressive, isn't
0: it? Yeah. The rise of Romanticism in the 19th century rev- revived interest in traditional folk stories which, so the brothers, represented a pure form of national literature and culture. This is German.
1: It's, yeah, it's a long time, and it's, people just love it, so it's, like, tested over time.
0: With the goal of researching a scholarly treatise on folk tales, they established a methodology for collecting and recording folk stories that became the basis for folklore studies. Between 1812 and 1857, their first collection was revised and published many times, growing from 100 sorry 86 stories to more than 200. In addition to writing and modifying folk tales, the brothers wrote a collection of well-respected German and Scandinavian myth- mythologies in 1838. began writing a definitive German dictionary, Deutsch-Walterbuch. Deutsch Wörterbuch. Deutsch.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Deutsch Wörterbuch. Aha. Germ- Dutch word book Okay I'm, I'm probably butchering this I forgot you were, uh, you were recording <laughs> <laughs> Which they were unable to finish During their lifetimes Let's see how you pronounce this
1: Yeah, and Disney just need to be More adventurous Do something With bad people Dutch's word
0: yeah, Deutsches- ja, there's, like, millions and millions and millions of stories you can tell.
1: Yeah, but the most, like, well-known one must be, like, tested no. by generation.
0: They're picking winners here. There's no reason why it had to be on Snow White. If, it, if, this, if Disney chose a different source fiction, then it would be... Like, the people... The things that... Um, the source fiction that it chose, it's, not, it's about the animation anyway, and what they did with the story, which is like, the hero's journey.
1: Uh-huh. You can
0: adapt any folktale to the hero's journey.
1: But like, at least there's some, like, Snow White is just good person, overall. Good purse. Instead, like, the story we read is nobody's really good.
0: No, yeah. Mm-hmm, don't- don't meet your- don't meet your hero's source fiction. Don't meet your heroes.
1: Hi-hi, hey, hey, Papa.
0: It's funny, we're- I didn't know, I thought this was British. Oh. But it turned out to be German, more like Scandinavian. And oh. we're playing uh, Valkyrie profile yesterday.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So that was very- that's the theme. Okay. Yeah.
1: What? Oh! Oh. <laughs> Thank you.